Good morning, everyone, in this, to the High Cap service here at Pentecost Sunday. Uh, I'd like to give you all a very warm welcome, especially if there's any visitors with you. It's great to see you. And if it's your first time, hopefully it won't be your last time. Um, special welcome to It's great to have the Sunday Club with us and also the Guild Brigade. Guild Brigade are here because obviously of a special award taking place later. Uh, Rebecca receiving her Queen's Award, so congratulations to Rebecca. Uh, also congratulations to Angela and Darren Reid, who are, we celebrate with them the birth of their twin girls, Hilary and Maeve, I think that's right. And also welcome uh, to uh, Matt Smith, our own member, who is the Deputy Lieutenant for Ayrshire and so it's, well, it's always good to have you, Matt, but especially good to have you here today. And we also have uh, the Commissioner of the Girls' Brigade, uh, once again our very own Lorraine Lewis. Uh, and after the, the service this morning, you're invited down to the church hall for tea and a refreshment, and that will be provided by the Girls' Brigade. They'll be serving us, waiting on us hand and foot. Um, and also, to celebrate the Queen's Jubilee, you will, as you leave, you'll be given a wee book. It's a very nice book, in fact. Had a wee quick glance at it. Just celebrating 70 years of faith and service from the Queen. Uh, High Kirk this week, we have the, on Wednesday we have the prayer fellowship at 10.30 in St Monarch's Isle, we're there, and at 1 o'clock the discipleship group meet in the hall, and on Friday at 7.30 is the revival fellowship at the manse. So I just relax and enjoy being in God's presence. Well, thanks, Billy, and it's just lovely to see everyone this morning, and especially those who haven't been for some time. I know it's been a nervous time for folks coming back after the kind of height of the pandemic, and I know folks are still a wee bit nervous in coming out, but we're just so delighted to see you all this morning, and we pray that this will be a very special morning. I know we've been celebrating the Platinum Jubilee weekend as well, but today is Pentecost Sunday. And today we celebrate the Lord coming by his Holy Spirit upon the church to bring life. And I pray this morning that as you leave here today that you will feel new life. And so that's my prayer. But as we do that, we're going to sing in our opening hymn, and I know this is a favourite of the Girls' Brigade, In Christ Alone. And so we'll, we'll stand as we sing together. <coughs> Oh, yes. 
for the sovereign reign of our Queen and for the example of loving and faithful service she has shown. Help us to follow her example of dedication and to commit our lives to you and to one another. Sovereign Lord, as we rejoice in your presence, fill your church on earth with power and compassion. We have all sinned, therefore may we find forgiveness and know your peace to the glory of God the Father. Now bless our Queen and all who are in authority unto her that they may order all things in wisdom, fairness, righteousness and peace, to the honour and glory of your name, and for the good of your church and people, through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who is alive and reigns with you, and in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forevermore. We will now share in the Lord's Prayer together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Our Bible reading today is taken from the Old Testament book of Psalms, reading from Psalm 45, verses 6 to 15. Your throne, O God, will last forever and ever. A scepter of justice will be the scepter of your kingdom. You love righteousness and hate wickedness. Therefore, God, your God has set you above your companions by anointing you with the oil of joy. All your robes are fragrant with myrrh and aloes and siesa from the palaces adorned with ivory. The music of the strings make you glad. Daughters of kings are among your honoured women. At your right hand is the royal bride in gold of offer. Listen, daughter, and pay careful attention. Forget your people and your father's house. Let the king be enthroned by your beauty. Honour him, praise your lord. The city of Tyre will come with a gift. People of wealth will seek your favour. All glorious is the princess within her chamber. Her gown is intertwined with gold. Embroidered garments, she is led to the king. Her virgin companions follow her, those brought to be with her. Led in with joy and gladness, they enter the palace of the king. Amen. And may the Lord bless to us the reading of his precious word. 
Well, I would like us to return to Psalm 45. And this, this morning, of course, there's a kind of clash of all the different things that are happening in our world, in our lives. And I know that over this weekend, many have been thinking of just royal things um, the, with the Platinum Jubilee. And, but also for the church, we're celebrating Pentecost. But with all these thoughts going, running around my mind this week and my heart, I just thought, Lord, what am I going to share on Sunday? We're also celebrating uh, Rebecca's uh, Queen's Award. And I just thought, Lord, there's so much going on. And you know, I just felt during the week, the Lord just giving a, a, a peace upon my heart. and said, Scott, I've got a song for a royal ceremony. And that song that the Lord gave was Psalm 45. When you look at the words of Psalm 45, it's the most beautiful, beautiful song. In fact, it's so beautiful that I wrote a piece of music to it, or with this theme. In the Gaelic Bible, in Psalm 45, in the Gaelic translation, there's a title to it, Nian and Re, which is the daughter of the king. And so I wrote a piece of music called The Daughter of the King. And I wrote it for a very special occasion. It wasn't quite um, the, a royal wedding, although in my mind it was. It was myself and Antonia's wedding. And I wrote it specifically for the bride coming in. I wrote this piece of music, The Daughter of the King. And it was based on Psalm 45. And so can I share with you this morning... This very personal psalm, this very personal to me, this song of praise. And it's my desire this morning that you will leave here with a song of praise in your heart to God. That you will leave here just knowing that presence of God that will cause you to sing as you leave. And as you go into your own home lives, your own circumstances, I pray that the Lord will continue that song in your life. I know over the past few years, not many of us have felt like singing, especially with the pandemic and just losing loved ones through the pandemic too. But I pray that this is going to be a season, a new season with a new song. And so let's consider this morning Psalm 45, this beautiful song for a royal ceremony. Notice it's also, it was, it's a song, it's a royal wedding song. This was a song that was to be sung at David's wedding and all the weddings of the kings of Israel. Psalm 45 was always to be sung and used in its praise. But as you go through Psalm 45, and especially if you read it on your own, in, in your own home, read through it. You'll notice it's not just a royal song. It's not just a royal wedding song. It's a gospel song. And it's a remarkable gospel song. There in Psalm 45, you will see the whole gospel of, of Christ. And it's beautiful when you see it. This beautiful gospel song becomes then a song of praise unto God. As I said, my prayer this morning is that you will leave here singing, if not dancing. 
Notice the psalmist, when he begins this psalm, he is absolutely rejoicing. He's rejoicing in the Lord. He delights in God. Something has caused his heart just to love the Lord. His heart is so full. We're told that his passion has been stirred. Something very deep within him has been stirred. And also, it's not just his passion that's been stirred, his pain to write this psalm has been stirred too. He writes so skillfully, with a full heart. So what's he going to write about? What's this song going to... What's it going to be? I want you to notice that in the opening of this psalm, as he shares his own heart, being so passionate as he writes, and as he shares, he now goes on to one of the great themes of, of this psalm. And it's the bridegroom. The psalmist now turns where he's now just delighting in the king, the bridegroom. His whole attention is on the Lord. And you know, it's, there's a wonderful lesson here. We're told that this psalm is a masculine. That, that means it's a, it's a song with instruction. A song with wisdom attached. And so there are lessons that you do learn from this song. And this is a wonderful lesson. Whatever you're going through, whether you're feeling empty of heart, whether you feel discouraged, whether you feel down, or whether you're feeling on top of the mountain, filled with the joys, whatever circumstances you find yourself in, know that you can turn to the Lord. That you can turn your heart and just delight in him. Why? As the psalmist tells us, because he delights in you. And this is what stirs the heart of the psalmist and the songwriter here. He knows that God delights in him. He knows that God loves him. He knows that the Lord is there for him, even when he has sinned even when he is mucked up in life, even when he's made a mess, a total mess, even as he looks back over his life and thinks, do you know this? What a waste. All these years I've lived, I don't feel as if I've left a legacy. I don't feel as if I've left a mark. I don't feel as if I'll be missed when I go. And you know, there are many who come to a place in their life where they look back and they say, Lord, what, what, what have I done really? But you know, the psalmist here doesn't focus on what he's done over the years. He's not focusing in on all that he's done for the Lord and what he's achieved in life. No, he just comes to the Lord and he tells the Lord, I delight in you. Lord, I don't deserve your love. I don't deserve that you would forgive me for all my sins, all the mess I've made. Lord, I don't deserve anything. But yet the Lord loves each one of us. Did you know that the scripture verse is true? John 3.16 tells us that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believeth in him will not perish but will have eternal life. God loves you so much that he was willing for his son to die for you. Jesus was willing to go to the cross 
and to say to God the Father, I'm guilty of all their sins. See the mess that Scott's made of his life? See the sins that he's committed? Jesus went to the cross and he stood before the presence of his Father and he said, I'm guilty of Scott's sins. And Jesus has done that for each one of us who have come to Christ. When you come to Christ, you can lay all your sins upon him. He came for that very reason, to bear your sins, to bear your mess, to take all your diseases, to take your sickness, to take your sins, the mess of your life. Jesus came to this world to bear it for you, to take it. And then what does he give? As he takes our sins, he gives us his goodness, his love, his forgiveness, his mercy, his joy, his righteousness. He clothes us with beauty instead of ashes. He clothes us with loveliness. And so when you put your trust in Christ, you're not saying, I'm good, I'm perfect now, I'm better, I'm a better person. No, you're saying, Jesus has become better to me now. I love him more now than I've ever loved him. He is my goodness. He is my perfection. He is my sinlessness. He is altogether lovely. And here the psalmist, notice the psalmist. That's what he's doing. He's caught up with the Lord. He's not focusing on himself. He's focusing on who God is to him. Notice He's describing the character of God. You're fairer than the sons of men. Lord, you're so beautiful. You're so merciful. You're so kind. You're so forgiving. Lord, I don't deserve anything, but boy, you've been so kind that you would allow your son to take my guilt, my shame, my mess, and that he would pay all my debts so that I could get into heaven that Jesus did all that so I could be with you forever and ever. And so the psalmist is so excited about the Lord. He's caught up in his character. He describes the king's words. Grace is poured on your lips. Lord, you're full of grace. And he goes on to describe the, his might, his majesty, his splendor. Now the psalmist Initially, these words are focused on an earthly king. They're talking, yes, of King David and other kings as well. This is a psalm of praise for a, a, a royal wedding. The king and his bridegroom. But you'll notice that this psalm isn't just focused on any ordinary king. It's not, just, it's not talking about King David ultimately. Yes, the psalmist is delighting in this king. God is my king. And this is a prophetic song. It's not just talking about King David or any earthly king. It's talking about someone who's coming. This king is still to come. He will be the king of all kings he will be the majesty of all majesties. Yes, we've seen all the, the royalty and the splendor over this weekend. The jubilee celebrations. But do you know, nothing is going to compare to this jubilee. 
When the Lord comes back in all his majesty, in all his glory. Did you know Jesus is coming back? When Jesus ascended, yes, he had been crucified. His hands, his side, his feet were pierced. He didn't look like a king while he was on earth. But we're told that as Jesus now ascends to the right hand of the Father, he sits there, the King of kings, Lord of lords, as he is enthroned in heaven. We're told that he's going to come back to this very earth. He's going to come back, but oh, you will then see him as the king. You will see him in all his majesty and splendor. You're going to see all the angels. You're going to see angels Oh, amazing. What a scene you're going to see. As the angels join with the Lord, coming from glory down to this very world. We're told that you're going to see an amazing royal wedding. Why is Jesus coming back? Why is he coming back to this world? I thought that he lived here for a short while and then he was crucified. He died. These Romans and the Jewish leaders killed him. And I thought, that's him now. He's up in heaven. And we all now just go to heaven. Well, the Bible doesn't teach that. The Bible teaches that Jesus is in heaven, yes, preparing a place for us. For us. Yes, one day he's going to take us into that place to be with him forever. But Jesus also said, but I am coming for you. I'm coming back. And then there shall be a new heavens, new earth. Everything is going to be made brand new. And you're all invited to the wedding supper. It's going to be a wedding. This day when I come back, it's going to be a wedding day. And there's going to be a great supper. Now, I love wedding suppers. But, oh, this supper is going to be like no other supper you've been to. It's going to be a royal feast of all feasts. Something remarkable. And we're told that when Jesus comes back, we're going to be brought into that marriage supper of the Lamb. The psalmist, oh, his heart is not just on King David. He's thinking thousands of years ahead. He's looking to the King who is coming. The Lord Jesus, who will come in splendor and majesty, He's going to come riding on a horse. Oh, and all the angels in glory. What a day. What a jubilee. This king, he's going to be greater than David. He's going to be a greater than Solomon. He's going to be a greater than all kings and queens. Every royal leader you've ever seen. Jesus is going to be, oh, greater than all that. And so the psalmist passionately gets caught up in that beautiful king who's coming. But notice that the psalmist doesn't just get caught up in the, the king. His focus now, from verse 10 to 15, he's now caught up in the bride. Oh, who's the bride? And he describes the, this bride. And in ancient times, the, the Jewish bridegroom he would go to the bride's house to claim her. That's why the Lord's coming back. That's why Jesus has to come back to this world. Because he comes to our home to claim us. And then he'll take us to his home. The home that he has prepared for us. In my father's house are many mansions. 
And so Jesus is preparing a place for us. And in good tradition, Jewish tradition, at a wedding, when the bridegroom comes for his bride, he first of all has to go to the father of the bride to get permission to marry. And then when the father gives permission for the bridegroom to marry his future wife, he then, the groom then goes in to see his future wife. And there in her chamber is a cup filled with wine. And he doesn't need to say a word because she knows that the groom, this bridegroom is going to ask for her hand in marriage. And so all the groom needs to do is he goes into that chamber and he drinks half the cup. And then he places the cup down. And then the bride, if she is willing to go with this man, to marry this man, she just drinks the other half of the cup. And when he sees that she has accepted by taking the cup, he then goes back to his father's house and he tells his father, she's accepted. She wants me. She trusts me. She believes in me. She has received me into her heart. It's not just because she's forced into it by her dad. She actually wants to marry me. She took the cup of her own free will. She took that cup and she drank of it. Father, I'm going to be married to that beautiful bride. And then the father has to tell his son, well, that's good. I'm so glad she opened her heart to you. I'm so glad she received you into her chamber. I'm so glad she accepted you. I'm so glad she's put her trust in you. I delight. Oh, I can't wait to meet her. I delight in that bride. But son, before you take her to your new home, you better get this house ready. You get this house ready. And then, when you tell me that you think the house is ready, I'll come and see. Only the father, when he gives approval that the house is ready for the bride, that's when the son then goes to claim his bride. Do you know that Jesus is still preparing your place and my place? And he's waiting for the father to say, now is time. The house is ready. There's room for them all. The house is ready. Now go and get your bride. And so the psalmist here is now caught up in the, in the bride. And he describes how beautiful she is to the king. The king just adores this bride. She had to be willing to leave her father's house. She had to be willing to leave her old life. We're told, forget your people and your father's house. Forget the country where you've come from. Forget your past. Forget, every, forget all your sins, all the mess that you've made. Forget all that. Press on. Forget your past. Forget your regrets. Past, forget all your disappointments. Will you go with this man? Will you put your trust in the Lord today? Are you willing to trust your future bridegroom? Are you willing to trust Jesus with your life, your future? Are you willing to say, I'll take off that cup. 
I'll take that cup. I accept him. I love Jesus. Lord, I love you. I wish I could love you more. Have you received Christ? Not just in your head, but in your heart. Have you opened your heart to him? Rebecca, in the Old Testament, was told, will you go with this man? When Isaac had sent his servant looking for a bride, and the family said, well, Rebecca, are you going to go with this man? And she said, I will. She hadn't even met Isaac. She didn't know what he looked like. Can I tell you, I've fallen in love with Jesus, and I haven't even seen him. I don't know what he looks like, but I have fallen in love with Christ. I've fallen in love with the Lord. And so I, I can understand a wee bit of how Rebecca feels. Yes, I'm, I'm going to go. I'll go. I'll go with that man. And so the king, when he comes, oh, he looks at you and he can't wait for that day. He regards you as beautiful. The psalmist tells us that the bride is delightful. She's altogether lovely. Now that's what the Lord thinks of you and me today. We see the underside, don't we? We see our mess and our sins and all the blunders that we make in life. That's what we're focused on and we're so conscious. But you know, when the Lord looks down upon us, he sees a heart who's put their trust in the king and who's now covered, their sins are covered. And the Lord just sees the beauty of Jesus on you. When you receive Christ, you receive his beauty. The Father looks down on a life that has put their trust in Christ and he says, oh, she is beautiful. He is beautiful. They've received Christ, their King. He gives us beauty. He clothes us with the loveliness of Christ. And then can I just finish? As the psalmist writes this beautiful song, He's so excited about the Lord. He's caught up with the bride, looking forward to the day that will come, when the Lord will come back. But then the psalmist finishes with a blessing. God's blessing upon the bride and groom. Joy and gladness are to fill this blessed union. And so can I just ask this morning... Will you accept your king? Will you receive Christ as your king? I know many of you here already have. But maybe there's a heart here and you feel, do you know this? I go to church, but I don't feel it's real for me. I know it up here, but I don't know it in here. Today, can I ask you, will you allow the Lord just to open your heart and will you receive him? Will you put your trust in Christ today? I promise you, when you put your trust in Christ, he will bless you. He will fill your life with joy and gladness. Not the joys of this world, but he will fill you with such peace. 
you will know such love, you will know the riches of Christ to be beyond this earth's pleasures. Knowing Christ doesn't compare to anything you've experienced in this world. And so today, will you receive him? And today, for those who just feel, oh, do you know, I don't feel that God delights in me. I don't feel that God loves me today. I don't feel that God, oh, I just feel he tolerates me. Well, can I ask you, will you receive the love of God? Will you receive his delight? He really does love you. He really cares for you. Cast your cares upon him, for he cares for you. He really does care. He knows what you're going through. He knows the trials and storms of life that you face. And he absolutely still adores you. He loves you. Will you receive his love? Will you just say, Lord, I don't get it. <laughs> I don't understand why you could possibly love me and want me in heaven to be with you forever. Oh, Lord, I just don't get that, but I want it. I want it today. Lord, I desire your love, your forgiveness, your mercy. I want to know your delight. Lord, I want to know your joy today. And it's my prayer that you will receive his joy. Do you remember what Nehemiah tells us? The joy of the Lord is our strength. Do you know what that means? That means God's joy is your strength. It's not your joy in the Lord. It's God's joy in you. If you know that God really rejoices in you and he loves you and he delights in you and even when you've sinned, he loves when you come to him saying, forgive me. He loves your company. See, when you know that, when you know that he really does have joy when I come into his presence, even with all my sins, even when I look a mess, when I go into his presence when I go to prayer the Lord actually is filled with joy when I go see when you know that boy does that not give you strength when you know you've messed up today knowing that you can now go to the Lord knowing that he's going to be so filled with joy that should bring us strength but anyway I could go on and on but I wouldn't Oh, may the Lord give you this morning that royal song to sing. And may you dance to it all day. How beautiful our King is. And oh, the beauty of the bride. You are beautiful, church. That's what the Lord thinks of you. You're beautiful. Leave here knowing that. That to the Lord, I'm beautiful. To the Lord, I'm lovely. Oh, receive it. And so, let's just pray together. Let's pray together. Come, Heavenly Father. We welcome you this morning. Breathe upon us. Fill us. Pour into our hearts your spirit of promise. And pour into our worship the spirit of holiness. And may your spirit overflow into our homes, our streets, our church, and our world, and into this time of worship. Come, Lord Jesus, move in our hearts 
and in this place inhabit the praises of your people. We celebrate your life, death, resurrection and ascension. We celebrate your victory and glory in your finished work. We acknowledge you as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Come Holy Spirit, you are so welcome on this Pentecost Sunday. Come like a gentle dove. Comfort us with your grace, mercy and forgiveness. Settle us with your redeeming love and peace. And may we experience your transforming power like a mighty wind. Roaring with power from on high. Come living triune God, this day, this hour, this moment. For you are truly welcome here. Lead us, guide us and prompt us as we pray for others. Once again, we lift up the people of Ukraine. You know them by name. Be their shield and strong tower. In the darkness of war and political scheming, spread, we pray, the light of hope and of justice and of peace throughout all nations. Let your light shine upon this world and may the light of Christ shine through Europe, Asia, Africa, Antarctica, Australia and the Americas. For those who feel hopelessness and helpless, may they find salvation in Christ. For those who feel weak and worried, may they find strength in you. For we lift up your church, Lord. Keep us full of the Holy Spirit, where the fire of your presence continually burns. Keep us faithful and make us fruitful for your glory. Where the church is persecuted, keep us in your love. Lord, for all who are struggling this day with daily worries and anxieties, help us to rest upon you, our shield and our defender. We lift up our families, our loved ones, our friends and neighbours. We lift up our streets and communities. Touch us afresh where we may experience your glory. We now lift up our tithes and offerings as we give thanks to you, our God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. And in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Well, you all may have your seats. Well, I'm delighted now that this part of the service, I'm going to hand it over to Lorraine and Rebecca. Thank you. Okay, I'm going to have to compose myself because I probably will cry here. Firstly, um, on behalf of the company, um, we'd like to thank you all for joining us here and celebrating Rebecca and gaining her Queen's Award. And again, we invite you down to the church hall after the service. On behalf of the Girls' Brigade in Scotland, I'm pleased to send our congratulations to Rebecca. Um, the Queen's Award is the highest award in the Girls' Brigade. Participating in the award demonstrates leadership, teamwork, responsibility, knowledge, discipline, research skills, self-motivation and a huge amount of dedication. Rebecca enrolled in the Queen's Award in August 2019, giving her a good few months to work out what she was going to do for all her different activities, because she wasn't able to actually begin them until April 2020. But we all know what happened then. 
a world pandemic. But that never stopped Rebecca. She just kept going and going, changing all her activities to suit what was happening in the world. And back in May, we got the, the anointment that she, was, she had received her Queen's Award. The award encourages a personal Christian commitment while respecting other faiths. Rebecca, this is when I'm going to cry. I stand here today not only as your captain, but your friend, your godmother and sister in Christ. Words can't explain how proud I am of you and also and how, far you've become, how far you've come in your life. And I know your family all feel the same, honey. I've watched you grow into an amazing, talented, faithful young woman that the younger girls that are sitting here today look up to, just like you did with me. You set your goals and you give them over to God. And everything you do, I see his hand working. We love you and we're so proud of you. Rebecca has always been a part of our company here at Third Stevenson, even before she was born. Our mum, Cheryl, was playing duck duck goose at seven months pregnant with her explorers. Um, when our gran was my brigade officer, I chose to do caring for a baby. And you guessed it, Rebecca was that baby that I got to care for. Throughout our GP journey, Rebecca has shown full dedication to whatever's been put in front of her. Um, helping with the younger girls, teaching Bible passages, um, making up dances, being a shoulder to cry on for myself, to laugh with the girls and just to encourage these girls that are sitting here today. Just a few months ago, I had the honour and the privilege to stand here and commission Rebecca as an officer. The training that she said, I'm going to complete this in under a year, we laughed. She did it. She has got some dedication. Um, I could go on and on and on about things that I love about Rebecca and her faith in God. The church here have seen her grow as well and know that she's, a, she's just an amazing young girl. A young woman, sorry now, actually. Um, Rebecca, we... We can't wait to see what God has planned for you in your future. And one thing I know, you'll grasp it with both arms, both arms open. But just remember to seek, serve and follow Christ in all you do. And I'd like to ask Matt if he would come forward as the Queen's representative here today to present you with your Queen's Award. Uh, Rebecca, it's a great pleasure on this Jubilee Sunday here in, in Owen Church to make this presentation. I, I know the prestigious award that you've achieved, I've read about it, and, and what you've just said about it typifies all that you've had to do. So what I'd like to do on behalf of Her Majesty the Queen is to present you with this and congratulate you on the award. Congratulations. <laughs> What a lovely way to close by singing the great communion hymn, Psalm 24. Ye gates lift up your heads on high. And so let's worship together.
And so may grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit be with you all now and forevermore. Thank you.